ان الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونعوذ بالله من شرور انفسنا ومن سيئات اعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له واشهد ان لا اله الا الله وحده لا شريك له واشهد ان محمدا عبده ورسوله اما بعد so we've been reading through some of the sittings of Ramadan from the collection of a Sheikh Muhammad bin Salih al-Thaymeen rahimahullah ta'ala. So today we go through another one of those sittings. And in this particular chapter or this particular sitting, the Sheikh discusses some of the wisdoms behind this worship of fasting particularly highlights and lists some of the wisdoms and benefits that you get from this act of fasting. He mentions as an introduction first, اعلموا رحمكم الله أن الله سبحانه له الحكم أو له الحكم التام والحكمة البالغة فيما خلقه وفيما شرعه Know that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has the absolute sovereignty and absolute wisdom in everything that He creates and He legislates. Everything that Allah creates and everything that Allah legislates, the sharia, the rulings, it is all upon absolute wisdom. فَهُوَ الْحَكِيمُ فِي خَلْقِهِ وَفِي شَرْعِهِ so he is the all-wise in his creation and in his legislation. لَمْ يَخْلُقْ عِبَادَهُ وَلَمْ يَتْرُكُمْ He did not create his servants in a frivolous way without purpose. Rather, Allah created the creation with a purpose. And Allah didn't just give the legislation, the sharia, as it is, just for the sake of it, as it is. Rather, that was all with great wisdom behind it also. So all of what Allah has done, everything in this creation, all of this legislation, it is all done upon great wisdom. Every worship that Allah has legislated for us has great wisdom. Even if there are some worships that we cannot understand, we cannot comprehend the wisdom behind them, then it does not mean that the worship does not have a wisdom. It just means we are unable to comprehend or understand what it is. And Allah mentioned in the Quran, وَمَا أُوتِيتُمْ مِنَ الْعِلْمِ إِلَّا قَلِيلًا You have not been given from knowledge except a small amount. You have not been given from knowledge except a small amount. So we may not understand the wisdoms behind every obedience and every act of worship. But that does not mean that there is no wisdom. Every worship, every obedience, every legislation Allah has placed upon us is upon the pinnacle and the greatest of wisdom. وَقَدْ شَرَعَ اللَّهُ الْعِبَادَاتِ وَنَظَّمَ الْمَعَامَلَاتِ 
ابتلاء وامتحانا لعباده ليتبين بذلك من كان عابدا لمولاه ممن كان عابدا لهواه then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has legislated upon us has legislated upon us all of these rulings in order to examine or to make clear who from amongst the servants fulfill the obediences and follow the commandments of their Lord and worship their Lord and who from amongst the creation instead follow their desires and abandon these worships and legislations and what has been prescribed. فَمَنْ تَقَبَّلَ هَذِهِ الشَّرَائِعِ وَتِلْكَ النُّظُمِ بِصَدْرٍ مُنْشَرِحٍ وَنَفْسٍ مُطْمَئِنَّةٍ فَهُوَ عَابِدٌ لِمَوْلَاهِ So whoever accepts these legislations, accepts the rulings of the Qur'an and the Sunnah, and practices them and implements them with an open heart, welcoming that and happy and satisfied and pleased with all of that worship, then that is the type of individual who is upon this contentment in worship, happiness in worship, fulfilling that worship. He is the one who is obeying Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in reality. He is the one who is giving priority and precedence to the worship of Allah over and above his own desires. مُقَدِّمٌ لِطَاعَةِ رَبِّهِ عَلَى هَوَى نَفْسِهِ وَمَنْ كَانَ لَا يَقْبَلُ مِنَ الْعِبَادَاتِ وَلَا يَتْبَعُ مِنَ النُّظُمْ إِلَّا مَا نَاسَبَ رَغْبَتَهُ وَوَافَقَ مُرَادَهُ فَهُوَ عَابِدٌ لِهَوَى As for a person who does not follow the rulings and the legislations except in those particular things which match up with his desires anyway. If there are certain legislations and rulings which are suitable to his nature, suitable to his desires, it fits in with what he wants to do with his desires anyway, he'll do those worships. But anything that doesn't fit in line to his priority of his desires, if any type of worship has to take him out of that priority, then he will not do those types of worship. So he will only worship in accordance to what is suitable and fits in with his outlook and his desires. And that type of person in reality therefore is not uh, obeying Allah and fulfilling the rights in the manner that is required. He in reality then is following his desires. Whatever fits in with his desires and is suitable alongside his desires, he'll do it. But whatever isn't, then he will abandon and neglect that. Then a Shaykh al also mentions, وَمِنَ الْحِكْمَةِ أو مِنْ حِكْمَةِ أَنْ جَعَلَ الْعِبَادَاتِ مُتَنَوِّعَ Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala from His wisdom made the worships in different types. There are various different types of worship that Allah legislated upon us. And that in order to again 
make clear who from amongst the servants, who from amongst the worshippers will be able to accept these various forms of worship and who will only do the ones that fit in with his desires. Hence a broad spectrum of worships to see who are the servants that will fulfill these various different forms of worship as opposed to those who will just follow the ones that fit in with their desires. So, there are worships which are linked to physical types. فَجَعَلَ اللَّهُ مِنَ الْعِبَادَاتِ مَا يَتَعَلَّقُ بِعَمَلِ الْبَدَنِ There are some types of worship that Allah has legislated, which are physical worships linked to your body. Like the prayer, the prayer has a physical aspect to it. You have to stand, you have to bow, you have to prostrate. These are all physical aspects of the prayer. So that is a physical type of worship. وَمِنْهَا مَا يَتَعَلَّقُ بِبَذْلِ الْمَالِ الْمَحْبُوبَ إِلَى النَّفْسِ Then there are other types of worship that are linked to your wealth. The wealth that is beloved to every individual. So the worships linked to wealth, like for example, giving the zakat, having to fulfill and to perform and to give the zakat annually for the one who has reached the level and the, and, uh, the year has passed upon it, then that is a worship that is linked to your wealth. So that is another type of worship. وَمِنْهَا مَا يَتَعَلَّقُ بِعَمَلِ الْبَدَنِ وَبَذْلِ الْمَالِ جَمِيعًا Then there are some types of worship that are both physical and they are connected to your wealth. They are both physical and they are related to your wealth. For example, Hajj. Hajj is an act of worship. That is a physical act of worship. You must physically travel out there. You must physically go from place to place. Arafa, Muzdalifa, Mina. All of those are a physical form of worship. But on top of that, Hajj also requires wealth. It requires wealth. An individual to be able to afford the trip to go out there, to perform that hajj, to stay there those days, to return back to his family, to leave money for his family in the meantime. All of that requires wealth. So hajj is a type of worship where your physical aspect of it and the wealth aspect of it are combined. So in this way you see that there are different types of worship. Based upon that we come to the fasting. The fasting is another type of worship. And this type of worship is such that it requires from you to stop doing things. This type of worship, the worship of fasting is such that it requires from you to stop doing certain things. Certain things, some of them that are actually halal. Eating, halal. Drinking, halal. To eat and to drink is halal. To have intercourse is halal. 
All of these are halal things. So even these halal things you must stop and stay away from. Obviously the haram, you stop and stay away from that at any time. So all of these things now during fasting, this worship is connected to you being able to stay away from. فَإِذَا قَامَ الْعَبْدُ بِهَذِهِ الْعِبَادَاتَ الْمُتَنَوِّعَةِ وَأَكْمَلَهَا عَلَى الْوَجْهِ الْمَطْلُوبِ So if a servant performs all these various types of worship, and fulfills them in the manner that they are supposed to be fulfilled, duna sakhat, without being upset by them that he has to do it, he feels like he's forced to do it, and he doesn't want to do it, and he doesn't like a particular worship, he finds it difficult, and he doesn't want to do it, but he's forcing himself to do it with a heavy heart. That isn't the way of a believer. Here we're talking about an individual does these worships with an open heart, desiring to do them, desiring to worship Allah. And not somebody who is a heavy-hearted person with those worships, doesn't really want to do them, but he does them. And he's not a type of person who is negligent either. So the person must be somebody doing these worships with contentment, with a satisfied soul, wishing and desiring the reward from Allah, and being happy at being able to fulfill these worships to Allah. That type of person is the one then who has in reality passed the test. That is the one who is in reality worshipping his Lord. As for the one who only does it with a heavy heart, that it's something we've got to do. Fasting in Ramadan, we've got to do it, so I have to do it. That type of individual isn't really going to receive the reward as he deserves. If he had done it in the proper manner. Because as the Prophet ﷺ said regarding fasting, مَنْ صَامَ رَمَضَانِ إِيمَانًا Whoever fasts Ramadan with Iman and Ihtisab, meaning with the Iman in Allah and with the uh, intent of desiring that reward from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, being happy and content with that worship, being overjoyed at fulfilling this worship to Allah. That is the one who receives that great reward. So then the shaykh, he goes on to list some of the great rewards behind fasting, some of the great virtues behind fasting, some of the benefits behind fasting. The first one he mentions is, مِنْ حِكَمِ أَنَّهُ لِلَّهِ تَعَالَى يَتَقَرَّبُ الْعَبْدُ فِيهَا إِلَىٰ رَبِّهِ وَبِتَرْكِ مَحْبُوبَاتِهِ وَمُشْتَهَيَاتِهِ مِنْ طَعَامٍ وَشَرَابٍ وَنِكَحٍ This is a form of worship where the servant seeks closeness to Allah. Through what? Through leaving the beloved things to him. A person seeks closeness to Allah through leaving the beloved things to him that he desires. Like food, like drink, like intercourse. He leaves these affairs, affairs that he desires, affairs that are beloved to him. He leaves all of those for the sake of Allah. As a consequence of doing that, he seeks closeness to Allah via it. Via leaving these things that he loves and desires 
He seeks closeness to Allah. And that then shows the truthfulness of his iman. فَيَظْهَرُ بِذَلِكَ صِدْقُ إِيمَانِهِ وَكَمَالُ عُبُودِيَّتِهِ لِلَّهِ وَقُوَّةُ مَحَبَّتِهِ لَهُ وَرَجَائِهِ مَعِنْدَهِ This therefore then shows to you when a person leaves the beloved things to him for the sake of Allah, shows you the truthfulness of his iman, the perfection of his worship to Allah, and the strength of his love for Allah and his hope in Allah. And for the reward from Allah shows to you the truthfulness of the person in that. Why is that the case? Because as Shaykh Al-Thaymini mentions, فَإِنَّ الْإِنسَانَ لَا يَتْرُكُ مَحْبُوبًا لَهُ A person would not leave something which is beloved to him إِلَّا لِمَا هُوَ أَعْظَمُ عِنْدَهُ مِنْهُ a person would not leave something beloved to himself unless he was leaving it for something better. You wouldn't leave something which you want and you desire and you, it's beloved to you. You wouldn't just leave that unless there was something better waiting for you. So in this case, that is exactly what occurs. A servant knows that by leaving the things which are beloved to him, his food and his drink, etc., he knows what awaits him is better than that. The reward from Allah that awaits him is better than these desires of his and these beloved things to him. The gate in paradise that the believers will enter from ar rayyan he knows that is better for him than these desires of food and drink now. So he leaves his beloved things Leaves his food and leaves his drink and leaves his intercourse. Knowing that the reward which will come is greater than getting these desires now. Hence, he finds that in of himself he has peace. He has a peace within himself, peace in his heart. Knowing that he's left all of these things and he may be experiencing that hunger, experiencing that difficulty, but he knows for this there is a greater outcome, there is a greater reward. So the first virtue the Shaykh mentions is a servant genuinely seeks and gains closeness to Allah through this act of worship. Through this worship of leaving what is beloved to him, he leaves all of it for the sake of Allah, and seeks closeness to Allah by doing that. The second virtue the Shaykh mentions is what we've mentioned previously in the gatherings. مِنْ حِكَمِ الصَّيَامِ أَنَّهُ سَبَبٌ لِلتَّقْوَى That a person achieves taqwa through fasting. And that is as Allah mentioned in the Qur'an, يَا أَيُّهُ الَّذِينَ آمَنُوا كُتِبَ عَلَيْكُمُ الصَّيَامُ كَمَا كُتِبَ عَلَى الَّذِينَ مِنْ قَبَلِكُمْ لَعَلَّكُمْ تَتَّقُونَ O you who believe, fasting has been prescribed upon you as it was prescribed upon those who came before you, so that you may achieve taqwa, that you may obtain taqwa. And that taqwa, it is to fulfill the obligations and to stay away from the prohibitions. Similarly, the Prophet ﷺ mentioned, مَنْ لَمْ يَدْعَ قَوْلَ الزُّورِ وَالْعَمَلَ بِهِ وَالْجَهْلِ فَلَيْسَ لِلَّهِ حَاجَةٌ فِي أَنْ يَدْعَ طَعَامَهُ وَشَرَابَهُ that a person who does not leave his evil action and speech and foolishness, then there is no need for Allah for that person to leave his food and drink. That person, 
If he continues with his evil actions, then he has not learnt the taqwa. The taqwa is that you leave and abandon those evil actions. Leave and abandon those foolish behaviors. And that is the taqwa. A person practices and fulfills the obediences to Allah and stays away from the foolish acts and the wrongdoing. And that's why Allah said, إِنَّ أَكْرَمَكُمْ عِنْدَ اللَّهِ أَتْقَاكُمْ That the most honorable one from amongst you with Allah is the most pious one, the one with the greatest taqwa. Then also from the wisdoms of fasting, مِنْ حِكَمِ الصَّيَامِ أَنَّ الْقَلْبِ يَتَخَلَّى From the benefits and the virtues of fasting is that a person's heart becomes free to do the remembrance of Allah and to ponder over that. Because when a person is fasting, he knows he can't eat, he knows he can't drink, he knows he can't engage in the relations. So all of those things, even though they might be there in your mind, you're not thinking about them in terms of doing them, because you know you can't. So there's no problem in terms of thinking about, I need to go eat somewhere, I need to pick up food, I need to go to the takeaway, I need to cook something. All of those thoughts are gone. You know you can't do any of that till 9, 10 p.m. in the evening these days. So then your mind becomes freer. Your mind becomes freer when you don't have to think about food, you don't have to think about those other things. Otherwise, in your normal day, if a few hours goes by and you haven't eaten yet, then all of a sudden everything in your mind is preoccupied. Where am I going to eat? What am I going to do? When's the meal going to come? You're preoccupied. But now when you're fasting, you know, whatever, even if the thoughts, they come to you, you know it's useless yet. You can't eat yet till 9, 10 o'clock anyway. So then it gets pushed back. Those thoughts get pushed back. And therefore your mind frees up and your heart frees up to focus on obedience and worship. Because you know there's no point sitting there focusing on food, you can't eat yet. So your mind is focused on worship and remembrance and dua. And it makes your mind freed up for more time to focus on the worship of Allah. Because when a person is allowed to eat and drink, then a person typically engages in a lot of eating and drinking. And a lot of eating and drinking and snacks all the time and chocolates and this and that then it makes the person's mind negligent. And it puts laziness and tiresome, uh, a tired nature into the person, a lazy nature into the person when he's always eating and snacking and these types of things. So therefore his remembrance of Allah, his supplication to Allah, his connection is weaker. Because he has been overcome by these foods and these snacks and that's what he's doing all the time. So his mind is not free for worship and obedience and pondering and making dua. Because his mind is always on snacks and food and what to get next. And that type of thing brings about wrongfulness in a person too. When a person is full of food and full of drink and eating plentifully, then that brings about haughtiness in a person. Brings about some arrogance in a person to go and oppress and do wrong. Whereas when an individual is in a state of hunger, it makes humility in the person. Makes humbleness and modesty in the person when his stomach is empty and he's feeling the hunger. And he realizes and he knows how the fuqara, the poor, the masakin, what their state is, then it brings him to humility and humbleness. And he will not go out there oppressing and wronging and be arrogant. So one of the benefits of fasting also is that it makes the heart free to be able to worship. 
And that's why the Prophet ﷺ mentioned in a hadith regarding the shaitan, that the shaitan runs through the veins and the arteries of an individual. يَجْرِي مِنْ إِبْنِ آدَمْ However, when a person fasts, then the veins and the arteries, they become restricted. Because there is no food and there is no drink. So the veins and the arteries in the body become restricted. As a consequence, the flow of the blood is somewhat restricted. Hence, the flow of the shaitan in the person is restricted. And therefore, the person has a greater control over himself. Similarly, the Prophet ﷺ mentioned, مَا مَلَا أَبْنُ آدَمُ وِعَاءً شَرًّا مِنْ بَطْنِ The son of Adam does not fill a vessel more evil or worse than his stomach. You do not fill something worse than your stomach. The one who fills his stomach and fills his stomach, he's going to be the one who is negligent of worship and obedience to Allah. So the one who it is mentioned here, there is nothing worse than the son of Adam can fill than the stomach. بِحَسْبِ ابْنِ آدَمْ لُقَيْمَاتِ يُقِمْنَ صُلْبَةِ It is enough for a person to eat enough to give him the physical energy to stand him up. فَإِنْ كَانَ لَا مَحَالَ فَثُلُثٌ لِطَعَامِ وَثُلُثٌ لِشَرَابِ وَثُلُثٌ لِنَفْسِهِ And if a person has to eat, then the Prophet ﷺ said, a third for the food and a third for the drink and a third for your breath. So a person does not go into excessiveness with his eating. So from the benefits of fasting therefore is that a person puts all of those thoughts of eating etc. aside and makes his mind free to worship Allah. Another benefit from the benefits of fasting وَمِنْ حِكَمِ أَنَّ الْغَنِي بِهِ قَدْرَ نِعْمَةِ اللَّهِ عَلَيْهِ بِالْغِنَى That a person who is well off a person who has food, a person who has drink, plentifully available, his fridge stocked up. When he is fasting, doesn't matter how much money he has, how much food he has stacked in his fridge, he is unable to eat it. He is not allowed to eat it. When the time of iftar comes and he can then eat it, he will then recognize and realize the value of food and the value of this blessing of Allah upon him to a much greater degree. Because as Sheikh Al-Fawzan mentioned, a person who has experienced darkness, for example, you've been stuck in a cave in pitch black for a week. Then when you finally find your way out and you see sunlight for the first time after a week, now you will appreciate light like you never did before because you were stuck in complete darkness for a week. The same way when a person has experienced that hunger in his stomach, then when he eats, he will appreciate and realize the value of that blessing more than before. He will appreciate the value of that blessing more than someone who's never been hungry, always eating. But the one who experiences the hunger, he's experienced it. Then when he gets to eat, he will realize just what a great blessing this is that Allah has given him this food and drink.
And as a consequence, then the Shaykh says, one of the blessings or one of the virtues of fasting is that a person then values those blessings to a greater degree. Understands and realizes just how much Allah has blessed him. And that's why the Prophet ﷺ said, don't look to those who are above you. Rather, look to those who are below you. Because if you start looking to people who are above you, they have been given more wealth than you, they've been given more blessings than you, then you're going to end up with a heart which is not in a good place. But if you look to those who are below you, even if you're in poverty yourself, but you look to somebody who's even more poverty than you, then that makes you realize that actually my situation is actually good. The amount of blessings I've got from Allah, it's plenty compared to those who are in even more poverty than me. So when you consider yourself to be in poverty and you look to people above you, you're going to think to yourself a bad situation for yourself. But when you look to those who are in even more poverty than you, then when you look around, you think you're in luxury compared to what they've got. Hence the Prophet ﷺ said, look to those below you. Don't start looking up to people above you and then thinking how bad your situation is and you've got nothing. Rather look to those below you and realize how many blessings you've actually got compared to others. So here a person through fasting realizes how many blessings Allah has given him with this food and this drink. And that as a consequence brings him on to being more generous. He will find himself being more generous in his nature, giving more charity as the Prophet ﷺ was in the month of Ramadan, the most generous you can be. So when you realize the blessings that you actually have, then that causes you to realize that there are those out there who are far less than you. And an individual therefore uh, is more generous also in his charity and his giving. And that is all a good deed and brings about the virtue and benefit for the person too. Also from the virtues of fasting is that a person through fasting learns patience and self-control over himself over his body, over his eating. He learns to control his inner self through fasting. Because through fasting, an individual breaks his strength. When you're eating and you're drinking to your fill, then you're of strength and you can go out and do what you want and be arrogant and oppressive and everything. But when you're fasting and your stomach is hungry and there's no food in it, and there's no drink in it, then you've broken yourself. You've broken yourself down, you've weakened yourself. You've broken the, uh, the oppression and the arrogance that you may have had. And you've made yourself into a humble and more humilious, or, or, or of a person with more humility. And therefore, a person of that nature will be less inclined to be arrogant and to go out and oppress people and to wrong people. So fasting teaches you that patience and it teaches you that humbleness and that humility. Also, from the, uh, uh, the virtues of fasting is that it enables a person to control his self in terms of sins. To control yourself and to prevent yourself from falling into sins. The Prophet ﷺ said, Ya ma'ashara al-shabab, man istata'a minkum al-ba'a, falyatazawwaj. Fa'innahu aghaddu lil-bast, wa ahsanu lil-farj. 
that O youth, whomsoever from amongst you is able to marry, then marry, and whomsoever, uh, because indeed that, indeed that is better for the protection of the eyesight, for the lowering of the gaze, and it is better for the protection of the private parts. وَمَنْ لَمْ يَسْتَطِعْ But whomsoever is unable to marry, فَعَلَيْهِ بِالسَّوْمِ Then upon him is too fast. فَإِنَّهُ لَهُ وِجَاءُ Because then that fasting will be a type of God and protection and break his desires and keep him under the control of himself. One more final benefit the Shaykh mentions from the virtues of fasting and the benefits of fasting is the actual medical health benefit that a person receives through fasting. وَمِنْ حِكَمِ الصَّيَامِ مَا يَتَرَتَّبُ عَلَيْهِمْ مِنَ الْفَوَائِدِ الصَّحِيَّةِ الَّتِي تَحْصُلُ بِتَقْلِيلِ الطَّعَامِ وَإِرَاحَةِ جِهَازِ الْهَضْمِ لِمُدَّ مَعِيَّنَةِ The Shaykh says, that from the virtues of fasting are the results, the health results and the medical results you get as a consequence of minimizing your food in this month. Minimizing how much you eat, nothing during the day, no food, no drink. Having small amounts then at the time of iftar and suhoor, you've minimized how much food you're eating this month. That minimizing of the food, it gives the body a rest. It gives the digestive system time to recuperate. It gives the insides the ability to eject uh, materials that are not required by the body, materials that are damaging to the body. The lack of food and drink gives the body time to rejuvenate. And this is something which is mentioned by the scientists also. The scientists, the medical experts, they say the same type of thing. That an individual who fasts, then it gives his digestive system, all of his insides, the system gets a chance to recuperate, gets a chance to rejuvenate itself. That is mentioned by even the medical doctors, even non-Muslims. That fasting gives you these medical benefits inside your body and your system and your digestive system, etc. So the one who does that, he also achieves and receives this benefit, the medical and the health benefit of fasting. So then the Shaykh he says at the end, فَمَا أَعْظَمَ حِكْمَةَ اللَّهِ وَأَبْلَغَهَا How great is therefore the wisdom of Allah in prescribing upon us this worship of fasting. How great is the wisdom of Allah in prescribing upon us this worship of fasting. وَمَا أَنْفَعَ شَرَائِعَهُ لِلْخَلْقِ وَأَصْلَحَهَا And how beneficial and useful and great are the legislations of Allah upon His creation. These legislations, how beneficial they are to us. This fasting now, this worship of not being able to eat and drink, how beneficial it is to us, even medically, let alone the other benefits. All of the other benefits in terms of protecting yourself, controlling yourself, learning that patience, stopping from the sinning, all of these great benefits and virtues, they arise from this act of worship. And the Salaf, they used to recognize that. And the great scholars and the great Imams who came before us, they used to recognize that and they realized that. And that's why Shaykh Al-Fawzani mentioned that the great scholars of the past, they used to fast a lot. 
not just in Ramadan, but outside of Ramadan for the rest of the year, they used to fast a lot. Because they knew of all of these great benefits and these great virtues of this act of worship. And that's why in the Sunnah there are so many days you can fast for the rest of the year. Straight after Ramadan you have the six days of Shawwal. The six days if a person fasts them after he has completed the month of Ramadan, then it is as if he has fasted for the whole year. Then on top of that there is the days of Arafah, the day of Ashura. There is also the three lunar days of every month, the white days. There is also the three days out of the month anytime. There is also the Monday and the Thursday. There are many fasts that a person can continue with for the rest of the year. So the salihun, the righteous, they used to strive with this act of fasting. Some of the scholars have even mentioned of the past, they used to fast because it made their mind more sharp and focused on their studies. More focused and sharp. Because when you're eating too much, it makes you lazy. That's why Ibn Qudama said, even when you're fasting, even when you're fasting, in the evening after iftar and between suhoor time at night, don't eat too much. Ibn Qudama al-Maqdisi rahimahullah ta'ala mentioned, even when you're fasting after iftar time, at iftar time and during the night and suhoor, don't eat too much. Only eat a reasonable proportional amount. Don't eat too much because if you eat too much, you're going to miss out on some of these benefits of fasting. You'll become lazy from that excessive food at night. You'll not be focused on your worship during the day because of too much food and laziness and tiredness. Rather, eat what you require, enough for your physical energy. That keeps you sharp and it keeps you fresh. But eating too much makes you lazy. Hence, the scholars, they used to say that they used to fast a lot because it made their mind sharper and more focused on their studies. So that is the sitting that Shaykh Al-Uthaymeen mentioned there regarding some of the benefits of fasting, some of the virtues of fasting. And that's what we'll conclude it upon today. Next week it's cancelled. Uh, and inshallah ta'ala, maybe in two weeks time we'll continue. But then you'll have the text messages and the Twitter, everything announcing that. And the times uh, in a couple of weeks time. But next weekend is definitely cancelled inshallah. Wa sallallahu ala nabina Muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'in.